Welcome to the Heavy Shit Podcast. We're Justin Mike, here to talk about our thoughts and feelings on the heavy things in life. We're in our 20s, engaged, kind of broke, and slightly sad. Instead of letting the heavy things in life weigh us down, we want to talk about them and other things that we do to make it a little bit better. I'm Mike, and I like heavy music, TV, and movies. And I'm Jess, and I like heavy books and other weird things. All right, so what tea are we drinking today? It's a fabulous loose bean tea. What? Oh, oh, it's it's coffee. It's coffee. It's coffee. Yeah, yeah. It's the counterculture, which is in Durham, North Carolina, number forty-six, dark chocolate, smoky, and full-bodied. Oh come on, you, you got you got to say the last part. Like any good girl should be. <laughs> also, small girls are good too. No hate. On this episode of Toxic. <laughs> Hello. What you doing? Oh, I, I was saying hello to everyone else. Oh, okay. I, I already, I've already said hey to you. I don't care. Fine. Rude. <laughs> Hi, guys. How you doing? What's up? We don't post podcasts much anymore because we... Got tired. <laughs> and we have lives. Yeah. Not really. We're just tired. Mm-hmm. That's about the size of it. Anyways, what are we talking about today? Okay. So we've got a, a big heavy deuce for you today. <laughs> on uh it was it's actually based off a conversation that jess and i just kind of had spontaneously i think it was because i was listening to some old christian music that i grew up listening to the other day Mm -hmm. and uh we got to talking about how interestingly enough as i imagine a lot of people have experienced one of the most toxic relationships that anyone can endure is with specifically organized religion now, some people do have good relationships with them. And yes. they have found religious groups that they find very comforting and welcoming. But I grew up in one that, as I've gotten older and kind of stepped away from all of that for a few years, realized that maybe that wasn't, you know, the best way to go about things. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last time I went to church at all was... I think I was still friends with a very want to be Christian group of people. And I say want to be in the sense that they, you know, you pull, you come from all of the high school youth group things and I can hear it. That's so you come from all the, like the high school youth group things and you feel like, okay, I need to take ownership of this and I need to do this now. And we're going to make our own little small group, blah, blah, blah. And then everyone just realizes they don't care. Right. And like I went to end up going to one of the churches that they went to, but I think the only reason I went is because I got to go to the Indian cafe or Indian, um, what's the word, buffet at Mint that mm. was next door. Because I, I think the last church I went to was the Rock up here. Oh, nice. In, uh, in Boone. Good church. Nothing wrong with it. Not hating on anybody. I just felt like, especially after being out of my parents' house and out of being out of high school and, you know, just out of all of these different responsibilities, it just wasn't something that I myself wanted to do. And when I kind of, speaking of toxic relationships, when I kind of shed myself of some crappy friendships, that's when I decided I, at least by association, didn't particularly want to be a part of that sort of organized religion for myself anymore. Because, I mean... I grew up with it. The first preacher I ever heard, I think his name was Pastor Larry. Always Larry. Of course, his name is freaking Larry. Um, Was it Larry the Cucumber? No. Gosh. No, honestly. Let's be real. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Um, But no, that guy was Mr. Hellfire and Brimstone Baptist preacher scaring the tar out of everyone from three to 300 (laughs) because let's be honest some of those deacons might have been they just don't yeah they will not (laughs) they won't kick the bucket they refuse to (laughs) they're like yeah i want to want to live with the lord eternally but i'm gonna make sure everyone knows that that's where i'm going for like (laughs) 200 years past when i'm supposed to (laughs) pretty sure they were all vampires Maybe. I mean, if if Abraham Lincoln is supposedly a vampire slayer, then those must have been the vampires he was trying to slay. 100%. I Crazy church agree. ladies. I concur. I could believe that. <laughs> but so that's kind of where yours ended was around college time. Yeah. I mean, there is there's like a five hour podcast in there of each one of us probably talking <laughs> about our own specific experiences. Yeah. But so what was kind of the beginning and like the end for you? Just so we can maybe fill in the gaps a little um, bit here and there. So growing up in Massachusetts, 
my mom, I think, and like my family was kind of like self-proclaimed Catholics just because, you know, that's pretty standard. You proclaim what your family is, not what you actually are most of the time. Fair enough. So I only went to church like once or twice a year because, you know, so required like a funeral, a wedding, Christmas, like cousin was in a Christmas play, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Like I don't remember it that heavily. All I remember is sit, stand, pray, sit, stand, kneel, pray, sit, stand, kneel, pray, sit, stand, pray. Like, you know, as a kid that kind of kind of gets you maybe that's when the the dance move started right you just felt like you were doing a little dance routine for jesus <laughs> and then we moved to north carolina and around eight years old we started going to a church because our cousins went there okay and that's the church that i quote unquote grew up in and uh again fire and brimstone non-inclusive doesn't every i mean baptist church was that just the thing back when we were kids i guess i, I guess or it's just the fact that we were in southern bible belt america that's true that i mean that's more yeah. common than not still i feel like so we actually end up having this really cool youth pastor who was like super inclusive like we had every kind of person in our youth group like people who quote unquote actually needed it or you know you would want to yeah witness to sure which all sounds so yeah. wrong right now. the further the further you are away from it the less normalized it feels, feels yeah it and feels it's just like weird. Yeah. the church itself didn't necessarily like that because there was broken kids in this youth group but that's kind of where i got introduced to a lot of the things that i still have fond memories of hmm. like hanging out with youth groups doing cool like fundraisers going on ski trips and concerts and lock-ins and yeah which youth group lock-ins are a whole other I'm, topic that we could spend hours on but i am very thankful that my parents never let me okay they probably would have let me but then i was just like why would i ever want to spend an entire evening because okay at that point by the time i was in middle school i already had the reputation with my parents that if i tried to stay at anyone else's house or anywhere else I would drink too much soda, throw up, and they'd have to come pick me up. Like every you time without fail. Troubles? Yeah. No, this is why I, I'm afraid to eat certain things even at the age of 25 because <laughs> I don't want to throw up in the middle of the night because I ate that stupid uh, sausage or whatever. Goodness. It is weird, though. Like the more that we've talked about it, the more I realize, one, we've repressed all of these memories yeah. because we don't really like to think about them. And also, we just really didn't bring that uh, into our relationship a whole lot no like religion was a little bit i remember when we first started dating you were still not like heavily religious but you still believed in things which i think you still do now but i mean i'll let you talk about that yourself um yeah. but like you were still decently into it when we first started dating and you we had a long conversation about it because you know that's something you always talk about with a significant other is like yes. where do you stand in your religious beliefs or do you have any do you have any and then you know we kind of talked about that and you were like well i do believe in treating you as a woman should be treated via kindness and respect and all of these things that i have learned via my religion yeah which that's another thing i feel like no i mean a lot of people even there was a podcast that we listened to with uh, that that Curtis Connor did that I thought was very interesting. Yeah, where he was talking to um, I forget her name, but her handle on YouTube and elsewhere is God is Gray, yeah. and she was talking about a lot of that stuff. And to enlighten him on the subject, she was kind of talking about a lot of the extremes. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I don't think a lot of people give credence to is the fact that. Not that we need a 2,000-year-old book to tell us what is good or not. But at the same time, there are good things to be pulled from it. You just have to temper your expectations. And I feel like it would have helped us a lot more growing up, which you wouldn't really get this until you're in like college anyway, but they don't really discuss the cultural context much until right. you're old enough. And I understand why they don't, but they should probably try to a little bit more. Because there's, there's so much in like yeah. any historic text that you look at. Like, you're not going to read the Canterbury Tales with the same 21st no. century eyes. You're going to understand where it came from. Yeah. You're not going to read Beowulf. Like, it's fact. Like, yeah. everything that happened in there happened. Like, and yes, if you believe the Bible fully and truly that, you know, miracles were, were received and all of this grandiose stuff happened yeah. like the entire world flooded and the only things that were saved were what were on an arc like well 
you know. The only thing I'll say is that there are, are a lot of different historical texts yes. that do back up the world flood. And, well, yes, but like... I know you're not arguing that. I'm no. just pointing out that that is one specific thing from the Old Testament that everyone does agree happened. But you also have to realize that times change, views change, politics change, religion yeah. changes, humans change. And you also need to update your ideals and your factions with the fact that those things change as well. Yeah. And, you know, I'm exposed to some of the interesting after effects of Judaism still Mm -hmm. in the fact that, you know, we do in my job, we do have kosher items. And I just find it fascinating more so than anything that anybody would give a crap about following through with those things because, at least in my very limited understanding of those particular requirements as passed down by God according to that text, mm-hmm. a lot of those things were to keep people from dying. It wasn't necessarily like a reverence thing. It was more right. of like a, hi, you're too stupid to understand medical science because it hasn't even come around yet. Mm-hmm. So here's a way to keep you alive so that way, the, so that way you know, people can continue to exist. Also... Anybody who is listening and does follow in that religion, let us know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just fascinated. I don't, I don't think I know anyone personally that I knew someone is in one of my classes that had like a lot to do with religion, um, and we talked about that a little bit. It tends to be more cultural anymore than it is religious yeah. from from my outside perspective. Anyway, which let's be real, any kind of organized religion tends to be like most of the organized religion in terms of like Christianity that I know is all southern. Yeah, I mean, like it, a good chunk of it is at least that's southern. like relatively United States, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because we've only ever lived here, so we don't right. know what it's like anywhere else, really. Yeah. So all of this to say that we've had very interesting religious backgrounds, and it's been very odd to come to terms with, especially considering that you know, I've had long conversations with friends throughout my college career, and now my young adulthood that have had complete different experiences with religion and have like kind of fallen in love with it instead of falling out of love with it with the way that I did because their experience was different and that's great and that's fine. But I also think it's a a lot of it has to do with, I mean, it it could be true. There's certain kinds of people that just aren't phased by much of anything, no matter what. But I guess that kind of bridges into the next point where it's kind of like right in the smack dab in the middle of our experiences where we were thinking, especially because it was our formative years that we were thinking about a lot of this stuff. Right. So as people that retrospectively we know had really bad anxiety that we hadn't quite figured that out yet. Right. A lot of the way that we behaved during that time of life in general, but especially in these sort of forced social events that they put you in right in church groups, whether it's middle or high school youth group or even things before or after that Mm -hmm. didn't really do a whole lot in terms of like college ministries aren't a huge thing in a lot of big churches. They don't seem to be, no, but kind of small town ones when they tend to be more based on the campus, like there's crew and uh, some of the other ones from where we were. Yeah. Yeah. But point all that to say um, anxiety plus youth group things generally bad generally equal no good yeah like i can remember i mean even as young as i was when i was in those like hellfire and brimstone church experiences like the idea of being forced to greet the old man with the leathery hands in front of you that you never see more than once a week the one that smiles at you all the time and grabs you with both hands Mm -hmm. and won't fucking and fucking says, let go it's so good that the lord brought you here today and i'm like i don't know that i agree with that because my, now Mind i can't creepy. feel my hand <laughs> but and i'm like seven and i don't know who you are bob yeah or the oh you gotten so big i don't even know you or the the whole like oh well, you need to go say hi to this person and this person specifically because you need to make them happy yeah like they're they're higher ups in the church so you need to make sure that you're talking to them or i don't know that i ever experienced them. that i did that really? was really weird yeah maybe it did happen i just don't remember it yeah because um so i've told you before but i'll kind of circle back to it a little bit more this way the last church thing that i actually did come to think of it 
now I'm remembering this, was I played in the church band back when I was still living in Roanoke for a little while. Mm -hmm. So the pastor of that church, Tommy, Tommy Feigert, super cool guy, a little, little bit weird. Aren't they all? I mean, yeah, let's be honest. He, he, would, agree, he, would, he would probably agree with me even. But they, um, one of the first churches after we went to Larry's church, and there was one after, in between with a different pastor, I think. But then the the first one that I remember was Grace Family Church, which is what that still is. Right. But it's essentially they bought out. We started meeting in the Bramelton Center, which is like spitting distance down the street from Burger in the Square that I need to take mm. you to. But it's just a public rec center, and we would do set up and tear down every single Sunday. So we would be. Um, not many, because I was probably like eight. Maybe. I don't know. My parents will probably confirm or deny this. In fact, we should probably chat with them about this later. It'd be interesting. We can talk. But that was like my first experience that I remember. And it was it was pretty much from then on, it was all like contemporary Christian churches, like non-denominational kind of things. Right. And your experience is more in like serving with churches yeah. rather than like attending. To be honest... I, Attending a church is really weird for me. I mean, it's the same for me going to shows. Like, I hate just going to shows. Right. Like, you'd prefer to be in the back. Like, it's the playing, same. Setting up. Yeah, playing. it's the same thing. Like, yeah. from even, I, th- I don't even remember exactly which church, but I know for a fact that dad, my dad has done sound for pretty much every church that I've ever gone to in some way. Mm-hmm. For the most part, though, he was doing it for, um, well, for... Grace family, it was just, there was only like one service anyway, and they would just do like a breakout session. I think it was either before or after the ser- the main service for mm-hmm. the groups, different age groups yeah. and all that, because everyone apparently does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we went to Fellowship Community Church, which was like a larger church in Salem. So we would drive 25 minutes on the highway to go to church. To, like to do band practice for the middle and high school bands and whatever at like seven eight o'clock in the morning Oof. and we wouldn't get out of there until maybe two and even better was when they started doing the youth services at night we would probably still do that because i right. think i think the high school stuff they just moved to the evenings but the middle school stuff was still in the mornings so imagine you do like two or three services in the morning You've gotten there before to do setup and all that. You come back at like five o'clock. You practice, and then the church service ends at like seven seven thirty. Yeah, and so then that's you like go home. and this is all on a school night. That's a twelve hour day <laughs> on on Sunday. Right, like that was the longest day of my week, honestly. Yeah, and it's just kind of crazy that we both had like really different experiences yeah. because my parents. They actually became really involved with the youth group and kind of became like not youth group leaders because they didn't really have, you know, the the background to be able to like become a youth minister. Or whatever. At least according to whatever yeah, their requirements could, were. They could, you know, kind of like head up a small group type mm-hmm. deal. So they were really involved with the youth group. So we went all the time, of course. We both yeah. went on Sundays and Wednesdays. Yep. And like I said, I got lucky enough that we had a really cool youth group with a great youth pastor. Yeah, I mean, we did too. I, who, I haven't like, really mentioned that, but as you yeah, were saying. But who talked about the hard things, who came up, like showed us videos of some upsetting stuff and how like, like the one that sticks in my head was someone getting extremely bullied and that led to some very hard thoughts for them and actions. Dang. And they ended up like finding God through that because someone helped them. Okay. But like, you know, even, even that was like kind of eye opening for people in my church because right. like, that's not something you talk about. It's not, it's not that's, in the Bible at all. Like that's not something you talk about. That's not something you show. That's something that you keep inside and you never bring up. Right. But that kind of like goes with the fact that it was a very modern youth group in a very not modern church. Yeah. And unfortunately, that youth pastor ended up leaving like halfway through my youth experience. And that's when we kind of stopped going. Okay. Because the new one was very much that more conservative. Traditional. Traditional. Southern Baptist. The the we're going to just talk about all of the good fuzzy stuff. But this youth pastor is the one that 
kind of brought us to church camps and to like these mega concerts. Yeah. Which is kind of like where this conversation started yeah. with me and Mike. Yeah. About like the Christian music that we still enjoy. Yeah. We found that we had very similar like backgrounds in uh, the Christian music that we liked and listened to. Well, there are only so many good bands, to be <laughs> honest. Like a lot of them were just cheesy as heck. Right. But, you Hawk know. Nelson is the best one oh my anyone gosh. can find. I, I've seen that. I saw them at least three or four and times. I'm jealous. I saw Stellar Card of that, you know. Yeah. No, the sh- comes up. No, yeah, the show that I mentioned that made Jess very jealous was it was a they called it the baseball tour. Yeah, they would play a show outside of a minor league baseball stadium. And my dad was great with this kind of shit. We went and saw Hawk Nelson outside. It's like 100 degrees in Lynchburg. Beautiful. But he he got the tickets for the show on the free hot dog night. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> well, it was me. Uh, dad, Kate, and her best friend, Claire. Mm-hmm. Kate's a sister, by the way. Yeah. And uh, so they were just jonesing over the boys, of course. I mean, they were hot. It Let's was be real. <laughs> it was so hot outside. They had to go change before they came out and signed autographs. Oh, they always do. Yeah, but they were soaked through. They were there. That particular run, they were wearing all black. And I was like, you're idiots. Just don't do that. And Jason had a mohawk at the time, their Dope. vocalist. And, just and it, it, it eventually <laughs> turned into more of like a a, an upside down J <laughs> by the time it was over with. But we had so many fun experiences. I don't, I told you that they did uh, King's Fest and King's Dominion, right? Right. And then I had similar ones with Christian Music Day yeah. at Carowinds, which is what our uh, version of that was. Yeah. We went three, my parents took us like like clockwork three years in a row we did two years in a row and it always was around it was in october so it was always yeah. when scarewinds was open right so me and my dad would fall asleep during the concert while everybody else was enjoying scarewinds because i'm a little baby well see i distinctly recall but those were my least favorite ones because it was <laughs> the very like your classic contemporary christian music uh, like casting crowns mercy me like Toby Mac was the headliner of every one of these King's Fests. See, I should have gone to one of those because Toby yeah. Mac is dope as fuck. He is. And he still is. He was the best part of DC Talk. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. But the thing that was cool was, uh, I don't know if you know, but at King's Dominion, they have the volcano ride, right? Well, first of all, it has you going into a volcano. Beautiful. Which is ridiculous. Let's do it. But this, we would be there from basically around the time that they and they closed for the day. Yeah. But evidently the volcano thing, like the light on it, it would just stay on all the time. Yeah. So you just occasionally just see like random bursts of fire come out of the volcano. Beautiful. While you're watching the show. I do also remember that one of the times we got a supposedly, quote, non-smoking room and it smelled like cigarettes and there was a like a divot in the floor That's in the not middle very of Christian. it. Yeah, no, I mean, it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. But I don't know why I remember that. But, but I also just remember it was weird because me and dad had to share a bed and mom and Kate did too. Nice. Because it was just, it was just two queens, you know? So you just, you just gotta, make it work. But all of these, all of this to say that, you know, Christian concerts are very weird experiences. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we went to were more on like the the kind of like convention-y ones, like Winter Jam, for instance. Oh, yeah. Like everyone has gone to a Winter Jam. Or at least it was in the, involved in that sort of thing. Right. And this is kind of where our conversation deviated the other day, hmm. was about like how manipulative those things can get. Yeah. Because like you walk in and like obviously there's like a headline. I remember one year for mine, it had Red, Skillet, uh, I think for King and Country, I think Mandisa was at that one. I never got to see Red. I'm pretty bitter oh, about that. Red's amazing live. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yeah, you got Hawk Nelson. I got Red. Okay. Whatever. Um, that's where I learned how to headbang. It was great. <laughs> uh, where you broke your neck the first time. Uh, yeah. Uh, but those concerts, like halfway through it, you realize that you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm so in love with religion and everything that is good, and you realize that it's because after every single like performance there's always this person that's like preaching basically and then it comes to like this crescendo of like you know like religious outburst i guess is what you can say and everyone's feeling it because it's the music it's the venue it's the people around you it's like everything happening all at once and it makes you feel so overwhelmed and loved and like 
they're talking about God and how amazing and wonderful it is. And like, you just end up feeling it. And next thing you know, you're like cry yelling with your hands in the air. And then you've gone down to like adopt a child in Africa and, you know, <laughs> oh, every single winter jam has like this adoption. I don't remember that part. This like adoption table where you can like sponsor a child in like Africa or Indonesia. It's like a different. Okay, well, place unironically, every time, and they use that as like a, a tactic. Yeah, like well, once you start feeling that, it's like, and then if you feel that, feel free to donate and like yeah, come no. down and talk to us and like the same exact thing. It's what I called like devotion night at like church camps. Oh yeah, where it's like super fun. It's really like the light. second to last night of the Always. of the whole thing, and they just they hit the lights are down, the and they hit they use the certain songs. It's and, the right songs, and it's like the right message, yep. the one that like hits you right in the feels, and then it gets you down there to like yep. reconfess your your sins or like to redevote yourself or whatever. Yeah. And then they always take you into like whatever little churchy thing that they have on site. For us, it was like a tiny little chapel. Or some kind of gazebo yeah, or something. Yeah, and they talk to you one-on-one about how to proceed from there. And then you go home and nothing's different. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's you like know, so manipulative. I just thought of it while you were talking about it. That feeling that you get from those things, they're just using the way that concerts make you feel as a religious tool. I had the exact same experience when I went to go see the 1975 right. by myself. It's an amazing thing. It's that like everyone's having a great fucking time. Well, I took a, a witchcraft and religion class from okay. anthropology and it talks about things like this. It's basically a form of hypnotism. Yeah. Like yeah. that's exactly what it is. Like it's we music all, and lights. I mean, you're manipulating yeah. all of your senses. We essentially. were able to, we did an experiment within the class where we were able to replicate the same thing by humming and turning the lights off yeah. and like chanting. And, you know, it's like the same thing with people who like, let's say like, are like snake handlers. Like they go into a trance pretty much like that's what it is. And it's kind of crazy that people use that to get, especially. And for us, or I know me specifically, like it happened at such a young, impressionable age. Yeah. Like I was just, I was converted. I was done because like, you know. What are you going to say? But yeah. Like it's, you're young and that's all you know. Yeah. Like I was never introduced to any other thing. And my parents, once we got old enough to make our own decisions, were like, you know, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to believe in this. It's yeah. like we do and that's fine. Yeah. But you can also go out and find your own thing. They were like, if you want to you know, discover something in Buddhism or Hinduism or any other religion or non-religion for that matter. They're like, do it. Yeah. Because I think they realize how much (laughs) being manipulated within a Southern Baptist church can do to a human being. Yeah. I mean, the I did not like the person I became. Yeah. The biggest point, and you can come back to that specific example you told me about in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest point that I took away from that other podcast that we listened to that I had thought about before, but it was I was glad to hear from someone who did practice Christianity as their own thing at this point was, you know, if you're born in a different place in the world, you would just believe whatever they do because yeah. it's a certain kind of person that wants to believe these things. And whether you like it or not, that is true. Every human wants to believe that there is something bigger and better out there or something yeah. that has a direction for your life or you're created for a purpose and that you have this forward momentum to keep you going or that you are yeah. watched out for and cared yeah. for by, you know, more than just the people around you, that something bigger is out there. And that is an amazing thing. Yeah. If you find that and you believe that, which is why religion itself isn't bad. Christianity isn't bad. Church isn't bad. Some of the people that practice those things and do those things and the way that they present those things and or treat people of marginalized groups. Based upon a religion that yeah. they think says that you should do those things. Which is in reality either a misinterpretation or just interpreting things way too literally, again, without any cultural context. Indeed. So all that to say... I I mean, kind of going back to the timeline that I've been thinking through while we've been talking about it, you know, I can remember maybe not any distinct times, but I just remember knowing every single time I, that we got to the devotion night or whatever you want to call it. Right. That I knew as soon as we got back, everybody was just going to go back to being the same fucking person. Yeah. And, and you always are. There's only one or two that decide like, 
okay, this is the path I want to take. This is what I believe wholeheartedly, and I'm going to go forward with that. And yeah, that's great. Like, that's amazing for them. But also, like you said, it's just, it is a manipulative moment. And then you come home and you're like, well, what was that about? And what was that for? And like, did you also, like, when you went to church camps and stuff, did like the next Sunday service you have, did you have to go up and like talk about your experiences and how it changed you as a person? You didn't have did. to. And it was ridiculous. No, we didn't have to. It talk was like about a... being anxious, like having social anxiety and then being forced to go up in front of a congregation and tell them how changed you are because you went on this like mission trip. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't get... Is, isn't it kind of funny if you think about it? What What is the fucking difference, at least in a lot of these places, between a testimonial for a damn infomercial? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what And it is. what they're asking you to do. And it's just trying to get other people to go on mission trips I just, and go but on But yeah, like I was saying, I just remember and, yeah. thinking to myself, I don't... Like, I'm feeling this emotional manipulation, but in my somewhere in my brain, I'm like, this doesn't make any difference. No. And I'm not going to change It's because you know when person. you go back, it's going to be the same. Yeah. And, you know, there were times where, like, certain points, especially, like, say, junior year of high school, where my parents did have to put a love and smack down on me because I was being a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> but that had nothing to do with my beliefs. No. That had to do with the fact that you were being lazy a lazy anxious teenager and i didn't know what the hell to do with myself yep and i still really don't but that's not the point here <laughs> the point is i'm not lazy right and i don't know i remember just the the general thing that we talked about a lot was just the the christian guilt is something i'm oh so sick of feeling about every little fucking thing and it's admittedly probably half the reason i can't just sit around and not do something. I mean, granted, it's part of our culture in general right. in it's this the country. Go, go, go type and they've deal. been kind of removing the Christian label from it, but that's where it came from. Right. Or the, um, like, if you had a rough day, or just if you're someone who enjoys having a beer at the end of the night, that you're suddenly going to become an alcoholic. Or, yeah. like, drinking is inherently bad. You know, I will, to the credit of my youth pastor for a good portion of my time, and then. Okay, so going back to, say, we were at Fellowship Community Church. Maybe a year or so into that, they get a new youth pastor because mm-hmm. our other one moves to San Diego, California. Ooh. I forget his name, but he came back uh, about five or so years later, and he probably lost like 75 pounds. So he we were sweated like, off. We're like, you okay, man? <laughs> he actually, wanted, he was a pretty funny guy. It was James Tippins. I just remembered his name. I don't know how. Anyways, what about drinking? Oh, so John Laughinghouse becomes the new youth pastor. He's from, oh, crap. I think it's like, I don't remember where he's from. I'm going to assume. I'll give you one guess as to where he went to seminary. Hmm. I wonder. Southeastern. Yeah. Anyway, super cool guy. One of the dumb things, because the, the head pastor of fellowship, Ken, had a drinking problem when he was younger, he required all of his staff to sign a thing saying they would not drink at all. I'm like, first of all, how do you enforce I was like, how do you enforce that? Secondly, just because you had a problem doesn't mean everyone else does. So you know what John did? Hmm. Of course, I think this happened after he already been hired and that sort of thing, and they, they're kind of trying to do something new. Anyways. He wrote them a damn thesis saying why that was biblically wrong. Beautiful. And I loved that. Talk that, about your clap back. Yeah. Anyway, super cool guy. He ended up being the pastor of the church we ended up going to after we left fellowship. Is he the one who like uh, got you your first beer? Uh, I was hanging out with him, uh, the other pastor of that church before they merged by the name of uh, Joe Elmore. And no, they didn't get me a beer. They bought me a Long Island iced tea. Beautiful. Like they got me the most alcoholic, alcoholic drink, drink they could. It was me, dad... And them at B-dubs. That's amazing. Yep. And then, like, my youth pastor was even, like I said, he was pretty darn modern. Yeah. And, like, you know, we had game nights at his house. And, like, yeah, they were youth group game nights, but there was nothing religious about it. It was just a nice, safe, clean space to hang out that we weren't going to get in trouble or do something bad. Right. Like, if you wanted to skateboard outside, that was fine. You sure. wanted to drink Red Bull, that was fine. God help you. You, you wanted don't need to that when you're in high chicken school. nuggets. Like, and he always had, like, 
chicken nuggets and like french fries and wings and pizza and sodas and we'd play board games or we'd play just dance on their Wii. Like Hell yeah. It was an amazing time and those are the memories from youth group that I love. Hmm. I don't miss the manipulation. I don't miss the person that it made me become because I had no outside view. I wasn't in a liberal college where I realized that oh some of the things that they're saying I should say or they're saying I should believe or they are saying are wrong are not wrong. Crazy. They're human. Like that uh, I had a friend in middle school who, and I, now that I look back on it, like good on you for coming out in middle school. Cause like damn. you're 12. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, that's awesome. That's some maturity to even yeah. know that about yourself. Really? Right. And, um, because I was so like heavily involved in church and I was so, I, I do believe I was very manipulated into thinking and believing these things right. without creating my own opinions about them. I the first thing I said was that's great but you know that's a sin. Oof. Like that is not okay. <laughs> and I no longer believe those things. I no longer believe any of that. I don't even really think I believe in God or religion or It's okay to not it. know. Yeah, like I like, don't I'm I'm kind of at the same point where the more I think about it, the less I want to think about it. Yeah. You know? It's like the more I want to focus on treating every single human being with morality and yeah. respect and acceptance and love and kindness. Yeah. All of the things that Christianity should represent. Yeah. And being at the point of our lives that we are is not a good time to really be thinking about your beliefs because at least right. the way that it feels, whether it's true or not, you feel like you're getting shit on at every turn. Yeah. So you're like, if I'm supposed to believe that I'm being looked out for... Then why is this happening? And that's not a very accurate viewpoint either. I'm fully aware of that. Right. I've been taught all of that stuff till my ears bled. <laughs> and the whole, like, read the Bible thing, I'm like... It, it was very confusing to me because I grew up in a household where my father really did not like to repeat himself. So I tried to, like, take in things the first time mm -hmm. as best I could. And in fact, one of the things I am very glad about in general is that in my working life, usually I don't have to be told things more than one time. And if it is something, I'm just confirming back to them that I know what I'm doing. I'm like, hey, you asked me to do this, right? Yeah. That's all. And that's like the opposite of a church where they yeah. say the same 10 things over and over and over and again that's without my talking point. about the other stories, the other things. Like, Yeah, and when they try to, to, let's be honest. They don't do it justice. It's either that or it's just boring as hell. Like, yeah. let's call it what it is. It's reading a textbook. Yeah. It is a freaking textbook at the end of the day. It's something to teach you about something else. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. No. But it's like taking the same class every semester for the rest of your, your freaking life. life. And they're like, oh, there's always something new to pull out of it. I'm like, there that's is, because yeah. there's con new context for you to like understand those things with. But that's because you're getting older. That has nothing to do with the text magically evolving over time. <laughs> if that was true then we would be learning new things about the Bible, but we're not. We're just repeating the same crap in different words that sound more hip yeah. with the kiddos. And I do want to like put out another disclaimer that like not all organized religion is like this. Not no. all preachers, not all no, Christians. No, 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 no. And some of them are evolving to include more inclusive viewpoints, yeah. better understandings, more context. And that's amazing. That doesn't mean we're going to magically start believing it or get okay with the fact that we are manipulated in our past. Yeah. And I mean, we are going to have some bitter thoughts and, and feelings feeling. about it because we, some of the worst things that have happened in our lives have been in some way connected to that. Right. And like some of the most anxiety inducing experiences of my life yeah. have, have something to do with some sort of organized religious type thing. Mm-hmm. Or people that were supposedly associated with it. So honestly, me personally, I don't, I I couldn't give two shits about it at this point because yeah. I found, and I can't speak for them specifically, but from my point of view, like my relationship with my parents has gotten a lot better since they also don't go to church anymore. Well, when your entire relationship base isn't formed via religion. Right. Or you don't make your relationship choices based on religion. Yeah. 
then, you know, it tends to get a little bit better. All of this to say that we've had some very weird pasts. Yes. But all of this to also say I still have fond memories. I still have fond memories about going to some of those concerts and finding random bands. And to this day, I will still listen to Hawk Nelson and Family Force 5 and Skillet and Mm -hmm. Red. Mm -hmm. And I even like For King and Country still. The ones I don't like... Are the classic contemporary Christian artists who are just like repeating the same song over and over again with different hipster words? Exactly. But if you like that and that's what that's your jam, then jam. Like, but all... you have a very boring jam. I'm sorry, to, <laughs> sorry to tell you. All the power to you. Well, and the other thing is, me specifically, if it wasn't for being in that particular environment with the family that I had that was so involved. Like, I think the first time I actually really played a drum kit like a real drum kit was in the church setting. And I can still to this day, remember how it felt to hit real symbols and actually the hit time. them like not super hard, but right. the weight, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this See, is way they're, different. They're a good memory. Yeah. They're a bad one. But the, that that's also a good part of a bad memory because yeah. it's a very specific situation, but I think about it often where we, they started doing like a, set up and tear down annex version of fellowship and that's we moved along with john to go to that and they let me audition for the band but then they're like oh wait you're too young right and i'm like i was the best drummer that was here but thank you for basically getting my hopes up and telling me i suck or that i'm not old enough it was such a bizarre thing i don't know why that even was able to happen and my parents are also pretty when, when i brought when when that's come up they're just like why'd you let them yeah so in the uh spirit of holidays that were turned into religious holidays for some reason Woo. jess and i <laughs> were at uh our store the other day shop grocery shopping the and good old we thought it might be fun to try some really stupid uh easter candies mostly because we've never had them Right, and they're not necessarily like weird or anything. It's no, just we'll tell you what we have here. They were silly. So we've got a bag so. of M M&M and M peanut butter eggs. So it probably has some weird coating on the outside. Always a weird candy coating with Easter egg things. And dude, this M M&M and M has like the dopest haircut made of peanut butter I've ever seen. Uh, it looks like a mixture of uh, Conan O'Brien and Edward Cullen. She always has to include Edward Cullen. Don't we all? She's Jess also I'm saw this uh, Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> it's squirrel. a squirrel. So. It's literally a squirrel. And it I'm says pretty on sure here: hollow. hollow milk, chocolate, and hazelnut squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, we um, had to. then Jess is a hoe for some marshmallows. So always. there's there's Reese's uh, with like marsh like basically half of the top is like a marshmallow, marshmallow which is probably going to be disgusting so we're going to eat these let's let's try these out okay and then after that we'll uh do our high, we'll do our high low and i'm assuming all of these are going to be part of our low probably <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm so the reese's one is the one i'm anticipating the most which we're going to split first one we're, we're gonna, doing we're going to start with this one or you want to end with this yeah one? we'll just start with that one let's Get split this way. let's split this in half though i don't want to uh, like... no i don't want to overdo our oh my god oh it doesn't look good Cla- oh no claddy with a chance of marshmallow am i right oh i don't it's yeah. so weird it almost looks like plastic on the top yeah i've had that happen before all right let's let's do this i do love marshmallow and i do love reese's so it tastes like white chocolate that's probably what it is <laughs> oh no that's marshmallow oh i don't like it no Jesus needs to be revived to save us from this. Oh, my God. I love a good marshmallow and peanut butter sandwich, like some fluff and peanut butter. No, I just got the aftertaste. But that is, that ain't it, Chief. That ain't it. I'm excited to eat the face off of a squirrel, a a chocolate squirrel. I would like the tail, please. Why do you get the tail? You just said you wanted the face. Oh, well, I was kind of joking, (laughs) but I realized I actually said that, yeah. Ugh. All right, get naked, chalky squirrel. I don't like that. You might have to. You weirdo. I do love hollow chocolate, and I do like hazelnut. Ah. I've never actually had a Friere Rocher like candy. I guess. I can't believe I caught that. He just threw it at me. 
for all you ASMR freaks out there. Ew. Stop. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. I don't really like whole nuts and things. I would prefer if it was like a hazelnut flavoring than like actual chopped hazelnuts. Um, I'm still going to eat it, though. That's not like a regular Ferrero Rocher, though. Because usually it's much more crunchy. It's way better. Hmm. So they basically used, put it in a shape that I like, but ruined it. Beautiful. That's Easter. Oh, crap. We're Please gonna... pause for scissors. Eh. gonna try to I know everyone enjoys listening to a bag open don't we all okay it's time for the teeth slap she's still eating her tail it's not bad I don't think I'll eat the whole thing but the chocolate itself is very good that's the part I actually like wow what the fuck Really bad. These look awful. <laughs> These do not look good. It looks like a chemical explosion happened in this bag. <laughs> look at that. Oh. Yeah. These are the peanut butter eggs. Uh, no one asked for those. <laughs> I don't like anything about that. It's salty. Why is it salty? Just tastes like the regular peanut butter ones to me. But with a grosser, harder candy shell. That's kind of what I like about it. Anyways, that was my low. So anyways, anyway. I started barfing. Yeah, that was not good. I'm going to have to wash that down with coffee. The squirrel's all right. So if we're going to rank these, it would be, for me, squirrel number one. Yep. Marshmallow peanut butter cup number two. Distant second. Reese egg way at the bottom. I would Never switch. Again. I would sw- switch the mallow tops with the the eggs. So the <sighs> squirrel is definitely the best. Anyways, we tried those, so you didn't have to. Wow! Don't let me finish my tier list. Uh, the <laughs> egg, the peanut butter egg second, and then uh, basically somewhere in like Mariana's trench, the mallow top <laughs> Reese's because <laughs> that was freaking awful. Beautiful. F in the chat tier. Oh, gosh. So uh, you actually want to hit us with your real high-low? Um, well, the obvious high that I will say that is true for both of us is that um, here in the next little bit, my parents will finally be heading up to come see us. Woo! They will actually see us in our nicer apartment. They'll be a dog, too. Yes, they are bringing the Melly. She is a good pupper. We love her. And we're excited to hang out with her, even though I don't know how she's going to handle being in this space, but she's usually good once she gets used to it. We'll be all right. Um, other high is that, well, for one, I felt good enough to drink two cups of coffee today, and I don't feel like absolute death. We I did slept. Some spring cleaning. We cleaned the entire apartment. You're welcome, mom and dad, because <laughs> you don't want to hang out. But I mean, it's just what happens when you're busy. They know how it is. Yep. And also. Um, on a more personal note, being able to actually play drums and actually enjoy it quite a bit and right. see some progress, at least getting back up to the comfort level that I had before with things or maybe even feeling a little bit more comfortable than I ever did. It's nice. And it's not very difficult now. I come That's in, great. I turn on the kit, I fire up the laptop and I made myself some, uh, Basically just drumless tracks with a click track, and I just go. That's great. Until I sweat enough that I'm like, okay, I just showered. Why did I do this every time? <laughs> it, it, it lit- Always right after you shower. Because well, you're like, oh, I feel good. You don't want to do a little something. And then you're like, I need to shower again, but I'm going <laughs> to bed, and I don't feel like it. Any lows for you? Um, Nothing outright other than that gross-ass candy we just ate. <laughs> I mean, we, we were intentionally trying to find bad candy, let's be clear. We're yeah, like, but we were also picked things that we should theoretically right? like. Like, I mean, these aren't as bad as those to me, but that's because I already like the Reese eggs with peanut butter, or the Reese's with peanut butter, and I don't right. think you do. No, not, or the M&M's with peanut butter, rather. Oh. Reese, yeah, all Reese's the, have all peanut Reese's butter? All Reese's have peanut butter, dingus. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, you know what I mean. But no, nothing like 
Doesn't that feel good? Other than going into Walmart yeah. twice in the last two days because Don't Walmart do sucks. Don't Walmart do it. Walmart takes all the good out of the world. If you want to, if any anyone that is uh, outside of the states ever listens to this, if you want to get the the sense of what the underbelly of this country is like, just go into a Walmart for about ten minutes and then promptly run away. I'm pretty sure Walmart is like the fourth ring of hell. Yeah, like if you go, if you find the basement, you probably have a convenient location just to go ahead and go to hell. Yeah. Anyway, um, what I- are your what's your motto <laughs> after you talk about going to hell? Yeah. Talk about that organized religion coming back. Ooh, <laughs> baby. But no, my, I guess I'll start with low. Okay. Probably. Sure. Um, We talked about this the past couple episodes. I did not get that job. Oh, yeah. Um, They gave it to someone else, which I am okay with. I have come to terms with that. Um, I was kind of very much thinking i had it because you know they it was, made you feel as though you had it i kind of was made to feel that i did and yeah. they also didn't get back to me for like four weeks <laughs> yeah so, i mean it, it what the whole process probably took three months yeah from, from applying start to finish to getting a no from interviewing and everything yeah so like that kind of sucks um it did make the decision for us though that we are going yes. to try and move to rock hill in the next four to six months hopefully yeah um which is uh kind of a high yeah like feeling like we can do something else because there's nothing holding us back now. We can just dip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, think highs for me are our wedding is pretty much completely planned. Less than a month from are, the rec- time of this recording. Yeah. We are a little bit less than a month and you're stuck with me forever. Um, we got our, uh, the entire wedding is completely planned. We've yes. got some tours set up and our honeymoon is booked. Mm. So, like, those are all very, very good things to look forward to. So, it's kind of hard to be, like, super mad about the lows when I have such amazing, good things happening. Yeah. I mean, this weekend's a bit weird because I have to... Kind of a half low, if you will, is having to work a couple of the days of the weekend while my parents are here. But they're still going to be here, and that's what matters. And they don't really care. They know what it's like. They'll be stuck with me most of the time, so... Well, and the other thing is, is... uh, they If other things would have worked out differently, they probably would have already been here by now. Right. Which also probably would have put a bit of a damper on us trying to clean everything. It all works out. Yeah. In the end, so, you know, it's fine. All of that to say is we're doing pretty good. And thanks for yeah. sticking around for a kind of heavy ish yeah. topic. And feel free to debate with us kindly. kindly. Tell us we're dumb, but in nice words. Yes. Yes. We would love to start a conversation about these things. Um, a couple of people that we can maybe link to would be. Uh, contemporary Christian music. Yes, pl- um, please prove me wrong. I would love to hear actual good contemporary music. I just haven't l- really tried to listen in the last five years. I can link you to a contemporary Christian documentary that I watched talking Ooh. about inclusivity. Ooh. And then we also can link the podcast called Crossbred, which is really hilarious, which kind of kickstarted this conversation. Yes, actually it did. We forgot about that. And then we'll now. link the Curtis Connor podcast episode that also contributed to our conversations here if we remember to it'll be at the end of this podcast so hopefully when we listen back we will and we'll cut this little part out okay love you bye okay bye guys